Welcome back to Gab with Gwen podcast, your favorite podcast. This is your girl Gwen, and we have one of our MVPs, uh, Mr. Ismail Abdul Salam, back in the proverbial building, socially distancing. How are you? Doing good. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. So, wanted to lighten the mood and <laughs> talk about some of the a couple of things that have been happening over the last several days and listen we are in a trying time and recognize that so i don't want you guys to think that when were you talking about you know you normally have we talk about social issues things of that nature black lives matter coronavirus everything but listen you got to switch it up right you got to switch it up because we can't always be in the dumps about everything sometimes we got to you know laugh and so I know a lot of people feel like, listen, black people distracted right now. Who cares about Will and Jada? You know, right. arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. And I agree. Don't take your eyes off the prize. But, you know, also we're not robots, right? We're human beings. Exactly. And we do need a little bit of fanfare and funny things every now and then to just, you know, keep us going. So, Absolutely. Look, the word of the week is entanglement. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, boy. And all of us have been in those situations, right? <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Um, oh, yeah, I might be speaking for myself. I'm already told on myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it. Listen, I think everyone at this point in the world knows it was trending. It was the number one uh, red table talk, all of that, you know, things. And I don't want to necessarily dissect it completely, but, you know, August Alsina went on a podcast, I think, with Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what the context is. I never, I didn't listen to it, actually. So I don't know how it came up that he said that he had a a relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and that Will blessed it. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw that part. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched a couple other parts, but they really talked about his whole life up until this point. It's a really good listen. It's over about about an hour. So in context, this was a very small portion of the whole conversation, but it was the most juicy one. So it's the one that got traction. And of course, he has an album coming out. So, you know, it also helps to have new information or a bombshell like that. So it was kind of a perfect storm for him. And it kind of forced Will and Jada's hand to kind of have to respond. I know some people were talking about, you know, it's better just to keep it in-house. But for people like that that have been in Hollywood over 20 years, I think they know the importance of controlling the narrative. I think that's why she announced it a couple of days beforehand. Like, oh, I'm bringing myself to the, the red table. You know, got they got their stories together, got their talking points, and you know, they gave us what they what they wanted us to see. Because, you know, even with that, I know we all had a lot of questions about you know, what else may have been discussed, but there's only so much they're going to give you. And, you know, you're not really entitled to all the inner workings of anyone's relationship. But this is the first glimpse that we've gotten. You know, we've all heard the speculations about how their marriage is, how it might be. have been hearing that since we were teenagers. And this is kind of the first confirmation of, you know, how they, how they handle their business behind closed doors. Yeah, I mean, listen, initially she denied it. But listen, like I said, the clout and the opportunity, she had it structured. So listen, she's going to get paid to be on her show to tell you her business. So she did it on her Red Table Talk and felt the need to say this. So I don't need to say what was said and blah, blah. My initial impression, Will, he tried to like play it off like he was cool, but his body language and his facial expressions to me showed that he was a little bit pained. But I don't right. think he was pained by what she did. I think he was pained by it being public and then it being their business being in the street because it seems like they do have a mutual understanding. So I don't think that it's that he, he got hurt and that she cheated on him. I'm sure they have a mutual understanding. He's also doing his own stuff on the side. However, she cannot keep her hoe in check. Sloppy. And that's even worse. It's like, you know better. You know better. And of all people, it's like some people have talked about this. It's more so not recognized as much when it's a woman doing it. But when we know it, when it's a man doing it, we can kind of pinpointed a little different so like 
you remember Jordan Woods was on the red table. You know, they basically brought her on, you know, when she had all the issues with Chloe and all that stuff. So basically Will and Jada were kind of in the mentor role for her, you know, and that's kind of like a, you know, sacred position, you know, when you're somebody's mentor. That's really what August was. You know, that was Jaden's friend that brought him around. And basically he was all messed up, had all these health complications, liver issues and all that. And basically they took him in like he was a surrogate son. You know, they mentored him and all that. He looked at her as a mother figure. And then you end up sleeping with him. This, this has been my issue. Look, even my mother and I talked about this. Disgusting. And my mother's, it's disgusting. No, it is disgusting. So real talk, some women have made the argument that men do it all the time. And that's true. But what my mother said is that she's like, listen, men have no standards in worlds, So you can't compare <laughs> yourself to them. And so that sounds harsh, but she's right. And I agree with my mother. You don't compare yourself to the worst. Something else my mother says all the time. Don't compare mm-hmm. yourself to the worst. Okay. So you need to hold yourself in higher esteem and higher regard. And so I don't, I, I actually thought it was very exploitative. And I just was like, this does not sit right with me for a few reasons. One, he's your son's friend. I hate to see it. And listen, it happens. I know I've been around people's daddies who's trying to creep on you, but it's, it's uncomfortable and it's fucked up. All right. And on top of it, he had mental illness. He had physical issues and physical ailments. You're a mother figure to him. So how does it go from nurturing him as a mother figure to you sleeping with him? How does that happen? Right. To me, it also shows how selfish and self-absorbed she is. The fact that when she talked about it, you know, there was no remorse. Not that I did anything wrong. Didn't even say anything about how, you know, I apologize to August maybe, you know, for... If he feels manipulated or used, that was not my intention. None of that. It was just, you know, this was a a good time where I learned about healing and blah, blah, all this fancy language. Basically, she was just trying to say, I just used him for my personal gratification. I wasn't feeling appreciated in my relationship with Will, and I wanted to pick me up in the booth. And he was there, and that's what I used him for. And she would have continued using him for that until she admitted he cut her off completely. He well, because was she recon- was reconciling with her husband. Right. And who knows what she was telling him before that, you know, maybe we're going to be together. I love you. You know, the way he was talking about her, he was completely devoted to her. Well, he's also young and had you know, mental illness and stuff like that. He's, you know, he's right. very vulnerable. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. So I, I want to be clear here. If it, the genders were reversed and if the sexes were reversed, whatever you want to call it. Oh, we would be out of here. If it were a man and a woman, I would have the same criticism. I would have the same criticism because I think when you're in this mentor mentoring role, she's 21 years older than him. He's your son's friend. I actually, you know, what I really thought, I was like, honestly, I'm not getting anything out of this Will conversation. I want your mom to be there because usually she does the red table talk with her mother. I want to know what her mama thought, okay? Because I know her mother would have some choice words because that's what moms do. And then also, I really wanted to know from the angle of your children, because this was Jaden's friend. So what have you done to his friendship? What was going on with Jaden? Were they still cool at that time? And you're getting your back blown by his homeboy? Like, what's really going on there? So I was more concerned about that because, frankly, Will is doing his own thing on the side. He just doesn't have a sloppy ass you know, situation he that you guys have an understanding, innocent check. He's embarrassed yeah. because it was sloppy. Her being unapologetic, I think it's just because she and Will have an understanding. So this is like, well, Will, you know what's up. You've been know what's up. All right. Now we've decided to say it up here. I don't have anything to apologize. I, I that's the way I took it. Right. She was unapologetic because, mm-hmm. like, look, you, we have an understanding. This is our marriage. This is how we do. He knew what was up. That's that. So I think that's why she took that approach, like this bizarre, almost intellectual, almost cold approach to it. Right. And I, again, I don't think that it was he cared that August was younger. I don't think he cared that it's his friend. I don't think he cared that she was sleeping with the boy. I think it really came down to. 
him having a particular image in Hollywood and her now sullying that image and having to explain himself when he's never had to do that. So why didn't you keep up your end of our bargain and keep your hoe in check? Keep your side piece in check. Keep your gigolo in check. Why couldn't you do that? Especially when we've been able to do that for over two decades now. Yeah. So it's like, was it really worth it? Because like, this is always going to be in the public sphere now. So now people are going to really start digging even more to try and find more dirt. And, you know, we don't know how many partners they've had over the course of the years, but, you know, give the right bag to somebody who might get somebody else out there talking. Because you know how the floodgates open. So he's probably thinking that in my in his mind, too. Like, okay, this might not be the end of it. And because this happened a few years ago, I think I also got the impression that he was more so also exasperated that this was even coming up again because they probably worked through it and everything, you know, put some new controls and checks so this doesn't happen again. And here we are back at square one, you know, having to now talk about this in the public, like you said. Yeah. But this is what happens when you don't deal with people on your level. Like you said, that 21-year age difference. I brought this up on Facebook. Um, I read the joint autobiography that Ozzy Davis and Ruby D put out um, over 10 years ago. They had an open marriage for a little bit. Not the entire time that they were together, but for probably about 10 years or so initially. And their agreement that they always had is that we keep it private. Uh, we don't expose the family to scandal or disease. And there are two phrases that they use is that we're going to be discreet, that we're going to engage in discreet and honorable behavior, which meant that if I'm picking a partner, you're going to know about it. And they go in depth with the people. They don't mention their names per se, mm-hmm. but they might say, you know, I met this nurse, you know, I was into her and I pursued it. Ruby actually was with someone else that was married or separated from their spouse at the time. That was her guy that she was with for a little bit and one of the questions that she had asked Ozzy she was like are you ever concerned about me falling in love with someone else and leaving you and he said I'm not concerned about you falling in love with someone else if you decided to leave I hope you take me with you that's how secure I am in this marriage that neither of us are going anywhere Mm. so knowing that I can deal with any type of situation you bring to the table so that was kind of the blueprint you know the only big difference is like we just said Everybody in that book that they dealt with was somebody pretty much on their level, though. It was nobody significantly younger or any type of situation like that. That's, to me, why it never really came out like that until they revealed it. You know, when you're messing with somebody that's not emotionally mature enough to handle it, you get situations like this. Because, you know, they're wondering why you don't love them anymore or what happened. It's just not a good mix. Just like you mentioned before, just completely sloppy on her part. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I also feel like, man, aside from not being a good mix and younger and all that stuff, this is someone who you admittedly say was sick and wounded. What what the fuck? Why? Like I Just because I, she could. It's like a power play, you know. Some people get off on that just having that type of um control over someone else and having someone else completely fawn and adore them. It's an ego boost. It, it, it to me it's just, it was disturbing i was like Ooh. and like you said men do that all the time you know i don't want to disparage all relationships or it's even a significant amount where there's an age difference because you know like i told you before there's an age difference with me and my wife but in that case it's like the power dynamics were just completely like you mentioned it's not just an age thing it's everything about the situation was just completely lopsided in her favor and she took advantage of every possible thing to get him in that position where he ends up being her uh, her lover. But, you know, like you said, when men do that all the time, men will particularly seek out high school girls, mm-hmm. young girls like that, because they know they can completely control them. True. you know, And, and that like they can just completely people. be wrapped up. Right. That they can just have completely wrapped around their finger someone that they can manipulate, because they know they can't do that with a woman of age on their level, their same age. True, 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 yeah. So that, you know, that's what I took away from. I was like, you know, this is a wounded kid, wounded young guy. And, you know, because I think he's 27 now. So, you know, wounded. This was like, what, three or four years ago? Yeah, four years ago. So we're talking about about 23. So he's 23. You're 44. And he has mommy issues. You know, he has a very bad relationship with his mother. Yeah. And you 
it's just you're going to break him. So her reason for even coming out is like, well, she didn't, even though she did deny it at first, is that I guess she didn't want to completely have him like go off the deep end. So she wanted to acknowledge it, right? Because she could have just lied and make him look like a liar, right? Because if she lied, yeah. then he would look like he's lying, right? And so I guess to not completely break him and have some honor, she did have to acknowledge that it happened. But this is Hollywood, baby. This is Hollywood, baby. So how it happens Hollywood all the time. Is, Hollywood is known for all of these sordid type of relationships and regular people have sordid relationships like this. But I was like, it's definitely a poor reflection. And for all the guys and the jokes like, oh, Will and the cheating, it was not cheating. They have an understanding. He's pissed because you're making his you know, pristine reputation look good. Because it's one thing to have rumors and like whisperings and, oh, you know, maybe they have an open relationship. But to get the confirmation and you're cool with it because you're here fist bumping her at the end of the day. Well, hey. <laughs> And then the other thing, let me ask you this. This is something that um, was brought up to me, the whole idea of, you know, when she said we were separated. So a lot of people will say when you're separated, you know, you can kind of, quote, unquote, do what you want. And then there's another group of people that will say, well, hell no, you're still married. So as long as you're married, no, you're still bound to that other person. So in your case, uh, if you met someone that you were interested in, they told you that they were separated, is it a no-go from there or is it, no, well, they're separated, so they're not together. How do it's you do no that? It's a no-go. Nigga, you married. So, <laughs> um, I believe in legally binding contracts, okay? This is true, because so, she can come in at any time and, you know, swoop in. Like you say, even from a legal standpoint, so. I believe in these legally binding contracts. Anyone who's ever told me they were separ separated has never dated me. Because I said, well, that's cool. And when you and your wife are done, if I'm still single, then we can talk. So mm -hmm. that is not me. One takes a hard line and a lot of shit. But I'll tell you what. You got to. My life is also not complicated in a lot of ways. Like, it's pretty simple in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, there's hard drama and stuff with family and all that. But in terms of, like, living a pretty straightforward life and that that's what I want you know I want to have stability I want to have um calm you know I'm able to adhere to the social distancing because I have a calm and peaceful home and that's how I like to live so I don't want those problems so you're not going to see me with someone who's has unfinished business if right. you're separated your business is unfinished so I don't know what you're talking to me for Finish your business, get yourself together, get some time to yourself, blah, blah, and then holler at me, right? Same situation of um, sometimes people are separated or even divorced and they're living together. Uh -uh. You think I'm going to <laughs> date you? I'm going to come over and, what, dap up your ex and then fuck you in the other room? Like, why would I do that? I'm not doing that. But a lot of people are in those type of situations, and they do it, and they have their their, you know, significant others, the people they're dating come through. I was like, this is so Crazy. messy. And I, this is not me. I don't live like this. So if I sound like I'm judging you, it's because I am judging you. And I think you should make better choices. And I think you need to cut the ties, clearly get out of one situation, close that chapter of that book, lick your wounds, pull yourself up by your bootstraps before you get into the next thing. People just want to dumpster die from one situation to the next. And even just the term that she used, I mean, everybody's been joking about it, but entanglement is not a positive word. Like you well, said, you're tied up. Yeah, you just, you're all wrapped up in a mess. That's what the entanglement is. It's, it's, there's nothing good about it to want to be in something like that. It's disrespectful. It was disrespectful. And, you know, Will was the one who did have to make her like, he's like, what are you trying to say? You had a relationship. And she's like, yes. Well, say what it is. It's like Ayana would say, what you needed was Ayana to fix your life, girl. I think. <laughs> Because that's the thing. You have to let you know how delusional she was in her thinking. That's yeah. how she justified it to herself. It was know. entanglement, like, but I guess you could say an entanglement is is an acknowledgement that it was a messy situation for him being Jaden's friend, for him being brought into the house as like a child, and then you in a mother figure, and then from the mother figure, you you now getting him, you know, deep diving into your pussy. I don't know. It's it's just weird for me, for me. So let me ask you this. So you know, you know, people go off the deep end on social media. So it wouldn't have been out of the question if the roles had been reversed. There would have been some people that would have said, Will acted like a predator. Do you view what she did as predatory behavior? I do. Yeah. 
I do think she's a predator. I it's, it's unsettling <laughs> to me. She's a predator. You know, to me, she's a predator, which is why I wanted to have her. I want to talk about her on this podcast, this episode, in addition to Mary Kay Letourneau. Because to me, it's a parallel. That's why I wanted to talk about the two of them on this episode. And it shows you, in her case, you know, when you have somebody's mind, it's like you can have them forever. Because after she got out of the jail, they got married. You know, the the boy that she abused. Well, I... Okay, well, he was 12. I mean, he's a kid. He's a, He doesn't know anything about sexuality. He knows nothing. Mm-mm. So I think, let's, let's get some background on that because everyone's not going to know the story on that one. But, you know, just to close out the Will and Jada thing, yeah, I do think it's predatory. And if it were a man, I would have said it was predatory. And her being a woman is still a predator. I don't think, you know, it's your child's friend. Like, let's talk about that. Jaden, Jaden, how does he... You talk about Will. I actually don't care. I said it already. I don't care about Will in the situation. He knows what the fuck he signed up for. He's agreed to this. <laughs> but his, your Jaden, Willow, like, this is my our friend, and you're entangled, you're fucking him, right? After he came in as, you know, my brother, he's like, mom, all that, that... What is that? What does that mean? What does that say about you? What kind of person are you? Yeah, I don't care. Not if the person that needs to be telling everybody else about how they do their business okay. at the red table. I know that much. Hello, hello. And I want. Did your mom know that you were? You know, the mom who comes every day. Does she know you were entangled mm. with this man, with this boy, this you know young adult? Does she know True. that? I just think it. Whole family is suspect. They they all weird. Holly weird. Holly weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I, I do think of her as a predator. It's like a grooming type situation, which a lot of predators mm-hmm. do, uh, which makes me very uncomfortable, like R. Kelly-esque, R. Kelly adjacent. Um, Here's another thing that's interesting. Um, as a man, I always tell my friends, you know, if you ever want to know how bad sexual assault is in our community, just as black people, just the women around you, ask them if you've ever been assaulted, ever been raped, that you're comfortable with, of course. And you might be surprised at the stories you hear. The majority of the women that you probably talk to have either had that happen to them or had to fight someone off from trying to assault them. Okay. On the flip side, it would be interesting. I would tell women, you know, talk to your, your boyfriends, uncles about their first sexual encounter. And I guarantee you, in a lot of cases, it's with an older woman, sometimes significantly older. Happens a lot. But, you know, female predators always kind of skate in any capacity because they're not really looked at as a predator that is but it happens it happens a lot so that's funny you say that so i know that from oh y'all don't listen i'm going i'm Chinguen just speaks the truth i know that phenomenon more from the jamaican perspective so mm. that is okay. something i've heard several jamaican men tell me that their first experience was with an older woman and you know i have some, I'm going to say someone I know who said it and he said he was eight and it was someone who was babysitting him and I said well that don't sound that ooh, that don't sound like he's like well he's like you know now it's different people would think of it differently I'm like no I think of it the same and yeah, that sounds you're like uh, um, that, yeah you were molested you know but society because of these, these this, 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 honestly because of misogyny in a lot of ways it's fucked up the things that it upholds because of people thinking of women being passive or recipients, right? Because your vagina is like right. internal, right? Mm-hmm. People think that you can't assault someone. And so it's seen as like, well, the, the men are always aggressors or things like that. But yeah, if you're an eight-year-old child and it's a babysitter or, you know, uh, whatever, a, a, a teenager or someone who's in the neighborhood who's watching you and she's like playing with your penis, then you were assaulted. Right. And even in your mind is, it's hard for you to reconcile that because just like you said, just with the equipment in your mind, you might be like, well, I was hard, so I must've liked it. So I wasn't assaulted. Yeah. That's how you might try and rationalize it. Or even cases where women have been raped, you know, and had orgasms during the rape. And then mentally they're thinking, well, maybe I deserved it or maybe I liked it. Maybe he didn't rape me. Because that happened, even though that's just a bodily function. If you didn't want it to happen, it's still rape. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I've never thought someone had an orgasm during rape, but I guess I guess it could happen. That's happened. I, yeah, there's studies about that, and it really messes um, people up because in their minds, they're, they're having all this guilt because it's like they feel like their body betrayed them. Yeah, well, yeah. 
that's oof, yeah that's that's a rough one yeah. that's that's like yeah that's like a mind fuck but yeah so i mean to i guess this is a segue into the mary Kay letourneau case so she recently died um like 10 days ago i don't know did she have cancer i think she may have died of cancer. it was cancer yeah um and she was 58 and so this is something from the 90s so for folks who don't know she was a school teacher a sixth grade school teacher white lady i think maybe washington state yeah i think washington state and in the summer of 1996 she started she was 34 years old and she started a relationship with her student Vili, who was 12 okay and it turned from platonic to sexual Vili is Samoan American, so like brown, you know, ethnic, clearly, you know, ethnic person, minority. And it became discovered because I think they, the police found them like in a car with like the windows steamed up or whatever. And she was seen like jumping into the front seat while he pretended to sleep in the back of the car. And, you know, he pretended he was 18. This is crazy. He was 12. 12. pretending he was 18 and she gave fake names and you know he had to say you know there was no touching taking place blah 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 and a woman started to say that she and her husband because she was married by the way at the time with four children crazy 34 year old <laughs> woman married with four children one um, and a 12 year old and it, yeah and she's sleeping with her 12 year old student right and so they were taken to the police station the boy's mom was called and the mother was like, well, she's, you know, you're not, you're thinking innocent. Like, well, he's with his teacher. He's fine. And she was like, well, give him back to the teacher. Like, what else? Right? She's not thinking anything. But it looks like the woman was very sloppy about this. So she was arrested the next year because one of her husband's relatives contacted the police. So she was all up and down about the town sleeping with this 12 year old boy mm-hmm. now, i think we need to you know and so people you know i met you know people are like oh you know well i would have loved that you know my teacher hot for yeah. teacher all this <laughs> stuff right and she was charged with second degree child rape and she did plead guilty but she was pregnant oh my god she was pregnant and so she had she was pregnant and she was the child was born while she was awaiting sentencing from the first trial they had sentenced her to six and a half years in prison, and she had a plea deal. She was, uh, like, reduced down to a few months. Again, white privilege, Karen. All right? Mm-hmm. And she initially was not even required to register as a sex offender. But as a part of the, the plea deal, she was not supposed to contact Vili. His last name is, like, Fua Lau or something. And so she wasn't supposed to contact him or her five children now because she had four with her first husband, one with this 12-year-old. Now he's 13. And not have any contact with any other minors, right? So it was a big scandal, obviously, I think logically. And then two weeks after completing her jail sentence in 1998, she's found by the police with the boy in a car again. Okay. Again, she gives a fake name, crazy, when asked for ID. And, you know, there was, they're denying that they had any sex, blah, blah, blah. And when the police basically arrested her this time, she had a bunch of money and cash, baby clothes and her passport in the car. And it looks like she had been buying stuff for him and the baby looked like she was trying to escape or something like that crazy part is that while she's in jail the second time she's pregnant right so she kept saying that she wasn't she didn't have sex with him there was no sex blah 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 come to find out she gets pregnant again so then now they actually you know put her in jail properly and she had to serve several years in jail and then she came out several years later and he was 21 at the time and he convinced the boy, con- you know, he convinced actually the man, he's 21 now, convinced them to reverse the no contact order. And they got married in 2005, like when he was, you know, 22 or something. So long story short, you know, they ended up getting divorced maybe a couple years ago or something. But let's break all of that down. And I just wanted to tell the story because I know everyone's not familiar with the story because, you know, it's a while ago and... 
she just came up because she died in the news. So white lady married with four children has a little a, a brown student 12 years old and having sex with him all over town and gets repeatedly pregnant. violated him she should have been put under the jail these little, these little six-year sentences and all that mess mm-hmm. she should have been gone for 20 25 years he's 13 years older than his first child which you know unfortunately there are people who are teen parents of that child but that's also like a sibling relationship right because that's how me and my sister you know i mean that's not and you're ruining this child's life because look she can't take care of the child she's in jail so these children now had to be raised by him and his mom so he's forced to grow up suddenly with this responsibility because this 34-year-old woman, when he was 12, couldn't keep her hands off him. And you lift in the order to allow the child molester to marry or have contact with the person she molested. I mean, he was 21 at the time. I mean, I guess he's legally, he's old enough technically to make the decision. Although, from a mental health perspective, it doesn't, you know, it, you know people do have Stockholm Syndrome. But right. That was, that's my first thing right there but like you said the fact that you know it's hard for boys to be seen as victims that's number one let alone a minority child and then like you said you have a Karen you know she put the the tears on that's probably resulted in the lower sentence number one and just the dynamics of male and female sexual relations he wasn't really I don't think he was completely looked at as a victim of course not and that's why she was able to get out so quickly. Of course not. Like, yeah, just because of the logistics of the male and female anatomy, people don't see it as her being able to violate him because people think like, oh, you're you're receptacles. So it's you who is being, you know, it's, it's almost the same logic as, let me finish that thought. They think you're a receptacle. So they think that, you are being penetrated. Therefore, you can't be an aggressor or you can't be in any position of power. Right? Right. The passive participant. Yeah. And it's similar to me of like how some (laughs) typical, like stereotypically, there have been, I, I say black gay men, but it could be any gay men, who have justified being on the low, on the DL, by saying, oh, well, I'm not gay because they're not a bottom. Oh, yeah, like, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, excuse me? So being a top makes you not gay, but being a bottom makes you gay? That, 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 uh, sir, the, the, the fact that you're having sex with a man is where the, the whole question of sexuality comes in. Right. Not whether or not you're a top or a bottom. That doesn't make a difference, right? But there is this older school or bizarre thought process of if you're penetrated then that that means you're weaker that's what it is Mm -hmm. and so that's what we're seeing with this situation the parallel with mary k letourneau where it's a brown boy dark boy and a lot of times if we even think about i hate to say it but like porn or just sexuality it's the white damsel in distress and the dark you know bbc big black cocks I don't know that. I learned that from Jesus and Miro. Okay? Okay. Not that I'm saying I that, That's that. where you learned it from. Okay. I learned it from Jesus and Miro. Okay? <laughs> so BBC, Big Black Hawks, right? This is, it's always this like the dark, you know, the dark, I don't know, predator or domineering thing. And that's a big category in porn. Because that was I'm, huge. And yeah. Because Very I think big. even Kanye mentioned that he had a whole collection of interracial porn. That's all he would watch, right? And you, we could hold, you could do a dissertation on the racism and racial stereotypes in porn, right? And how that feeds into preferences, etc. So here he is, you know, he's Samoan, he's dark, his features, you know, maybe reminiscent of a black man. But either way, dark, brown, people are not looking at him as a child, right? It's the same thing we talk about black boys. A lot of times people don't look at you as a, you know, as a child, black boys are not allowed to be children. You're looked at as child, you know, your childhood is short-lived, maybe till you're like five, six. Then by the time, look at what happened to Tamir Rice. You know, you're looked as a threat by the time you're Mm -hmm. nine years old. So when you see a 12-year-old, even though he's, not even a teenager, 12. Look at the, the, the word 12. 13 is a teen. He's not even a teenager. He's a 12-year-old boy. But 
society is not going to even look at him as a child because he's brown, he's black, he's not white, and you already are stripped of your childhood. And then on top of it with her caring with her tears and being, you know, a little blonde housewife, like, oh, of course, you know, this little brown savage tempted her with his, you know, big brown cock. Let's let's be real. Like these are kind of the subtones, like the subtweets, the subversive undertones that aren't always said. The under underlying unwritten rules and messages and coded language that we need to understand how things operate in America. So systemically, he wasn't treated as a child. People were joking as about it being rape because he's, um, you know, a boy. And she's a woman. And then her being white, all these different dynamics, it's not taken seriously. And she ruined his life. She fucking ruined his life. Completely. And pretty much got away with it, in my opinion. And how can he really wonder, how can he ever be in a position to have a normal relationship with anyone? And even with his child at that. Yeah, like, you know, with his children, like, that's going to be like a brother type relationship, right? Just because... You're so young, right? If you're 13, 14 years older. And then you've been groomed since you were 12. You married her and you just got divorced. I think he just divorced her in 2019. Mm -hmm. So your entire life, you've been groomed under the tutelage of this predator. Now that you've now, as an adult, continued the relationship with, which I think he also did it for his children. I also think he partially did it for his children. Wanting them to have like some semblance of normalcy, which obviously is not normal, but to have a two-parent home. How is he going to be capable of having a functional romantic relationship? Tons and tons of therapy, and that might not even do it. And, you know, the fact that stuff like this should never be seen as humorous or hilarious, because it's not. You know, just the way you broke it down, completely ruined this boy's life. Completely. You know, the whole trajectory of his life is different because it made him a father at 12 years old. And now listen, I could hear people say, well, how could you say that? He could have had sex himself and it could have been a girl his age. And if he could have gotten a 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl pregnant and would have done this, had the same result. Imagine saying that about a young girl that got molested. You would look crazy. (laughs) True, 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 true. That's all you got to say. True. Yeah, no, she ruined his life. I mean, he's tied to his molester for the rest of his life. And, you know, when I saw that article about her passing, you know, first of all, that first set of four white kids must hate her guts. Oh, yeah. And the the ex-husband with the venom. Right. I understand that. But, you know, they lost their mom through all of this. They, They lost their mom completely. I don't even think they probably, I don't think she ever had contact with him again. I'm, I'm sure she just has lost her mom before this. And I thought, man, does Billy, can he breathe a sigh of relief because he, some of the burn is taking off of him, that the entanglement, if you will. But it's not because he has two children with her. And regardless, that's their mom. And I'm sure they love their mom and they're hurting. Yeah. So he's always going to be in this compromised position of, again, Stockholm Syndrome, where there's love because you've been groomed by this person since you were a child. It's a complete mess. Complete mess. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard. Have you ever heard an interview from him? I have. I saw as an adult. I don't remember what it was. I think it's on YouTube. I feel I remember vividly seeing it because it was the first time I'd seen it. And it was with him. I feel like he was in his 30s. Yeah, maybe early 30s. And the wife and I think one of the daughters, maybe two, where one of the daughter was. Yeah, one of the daughters was like 20. So he was like 32, 33. Mm. And they were just talking about, and he was like, yeah, you know, well, I wanted to be with, you know, my family to be together. But there was a tension between him and the woman. There was a tension. And I I think there was partially a tension because there's a control aspect, right? If someone has been grooming a child, and also they don't have anything in common, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of stuff that's not going to work out. Where he, I think he, at some point, was feeling like, you know, he wanted to kind of do things on his own. And she was always trying to control it. And even the conversation, she, you know, there was a little bit of a tension between the two of them. Like, he would, to me, it looked like he was trying to find his voice. Right. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, think about how the star, she was your teacher. She's an authority figure. And that dynamic is going to continue. Because you're not peers. You haven't started out on any level. This is someone, again, I'm going to go back to the Jada thing. Someone who's a mentor who you're looking up to who you're looking for guidance a mother figure and then now you're sleeping with them it's fucked up like 
it's a mind fuck. Completely. I mean, that's why even with, um, you know, college age, you know, where you're considered, you know, be able to independent and make your own decisions, it's still illegal for a teacher to sleep with a student because right. you're an authority figure. They put trust in you and in your judgment. It's such an insidious violation to do that. And it happens all the time, all the time. Well, Male yeah, well, teachers, female teachers. The power teachers. dynamic, right? There's so much to it. There's power dynamics. And, you know, one thing we forgot to mention, you know, when this uh, a female teacher is... It's a taboo that is still kind of um, alluring and to a degree celebrated because they look at it as not with a boy that young, but almost like a rites of passage for, let's say, someone that's 17, 18. Because you remember the movie The Graduate? That had a premise like that with uh, Dustin Hoffman. It was an older woman. Was there like a song like Mrs. Robinson or something? like? Yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but the whole idea of a young boy being... And he, um, do you remember the Inkwell? No. I mean, I saw it, but I don't remember because I have no memory, so, yeah. So that ended with Lorenz Tate. I don't remember if he was underage, but he was he was a teenager, so probably 16, 17, and he ended up sleeping with a married woman um, at the end of the movie. Now, it's considered like the climax, this coming of age, so to speak. Yeah, And it's... none of us really batted an eye like, oh, she molested him. No one, No one said that. <laughs> because the thing about it the way the narrative is socially is that it's a conquest right, right. if you think about how men are socialized as like hunter gatherer you're supposed to tap into your neon your neanderthal genes and you're supposed to be you're supposed to tap into this barbaric thing where you're bopping a woman over the head and grabbing her and blah 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 and you know that's what listen men justify that to the to this day why they can't be monogamous i'm just you know men are supposed to be blah blah blah, blah. it is supposed to be this alleged human nature whatever it is so that applies to the situations why society doesn't does not frown upon it because again we talked about the passive receptacle or passive participant of uh, being a woman or being penetrated versus you know i guess being i don't know the penetrate whatever i don't know whatever the penetrator <laughs> um yeah. that makes people just think of it differently so if you're 16 17 and you get with an older woman then it's looked like, oh, high five. He was able to manipulate the situation or conquer the situation or influence the situation to get what he wanted to succeed. It's like a success, right? So mm-hmm. it's looked upon differently. It's a conquest. I'm going to just need y'all women to do better. Stop molesting boys. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple. Do better. Well, it has to be recognized as... So, yeah, we're so a long this, way before it gets to that stage. Well, it's a couple of things. I think in this, okay, I think these two instances of Jada Pinkett Smith and Mary Kay Letourneau, I think it, these two instances show you where the two boys were obviously damaged, right? I think these are more cut and dry, right? It's pretty obvious. He, by her own admission, you know, in terms of Jada Pinkett Smith, her own admission, he was sick. He was a... That's it. And then us hearing him now saying he loved her, he was dedicated. So clearly we we can see like it's not hard to put two and two together. Like yet yeah, this is someone who took advantage of this person. Here, the teacher scenario, clear as day, she went to jail for it. Like it's extremely clear in those scenarios. I think where society and so these are the few ones that we have those examples where it's clear cut, where the woman to me is clearly in the wrong and She's a predator and should be treated accordingly. Although Jada, we got free because he was not underage. Now, yeah. to your point, when you get into that 16, 17 scenario where people feel like, well, he's a man and, you know, the equipment's fully grown and <sighs> oh, he's. That's so disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> a I'm teenager. Um, and, like, you, another point, let's even look at it legally. A lot of states, the yeah, well, age of consent is what, 16? Mm hmm. And then, and that's, and then it's not even legally a crime. Yeah, that's how a lot of men get away with it too. So, right. That's and if the boy thinks it's a conquest, no, it's still wrong though. I mean, it's still wrong. This is the thing. You can think. Yeah, because even because even younger girls, they feel you know. I don't know if they feel like it's a conquest, but they feel good thinking an older man is interested in them. He's picking me yeah. up from school. So it's kind of the same type of thing. Just the yeah. attention. Yeah. 
they feel vindicated. It's like, ooh, I'm mature. The girls feel like, I'm mature. See, I'm special, and I'm mature, and he picked me because I'm not like, you know, I'm I'm displaying that I am special enough that I can compete and be on the same level with someone, you know, his age or older, but I'm special. So that's the same thing that you see. So it's actually, there is right. a parallel there, right? Because a lot of you know, the young girls, the Gar Kelly girls, you know, they're into it, right? They're not forcefully performing these acts they weren't forced into these things you know outside of the movie but like if we're talking about the initial tape of people getting peed on no one was forced into those things right people are willing participants but it's because you're approaching it from a juvenile mindset of wanting to be picked pick me energy you want to get this validation and so you don't realize until you're older that, hey, that actually wasn't right. And then we should also say that your brain isn't fully formed until you're 25. Your cerebral cortex isn't fully formed until you're 25. So you know what the fuck you're doing. You're a fucking kid. Exactly. Sorry, you don't know. Your brain not fully formed. So I think the difference is women sometimes, a lot of the times, will reflect later on in life and say, hey, you know, I was too young to be messing with that dude or blah, blah, blah. You know, he was wrong. I think and as they get older and they have kids and so they start to think that. I do think, unfortunately, that because of the way sexism and machismo and misogyny is all set up, men will still be like, yes, I conquered that old bag. You know, I bagged that bag, right? And <laughs> now they still hold that as uh, a notch on their belt or a trophy with life. You know what I mean? And couldn't even encourage their sons when they're older. Yeah, you know, go get an older pussy, whatever. Go get that conquer too. You know, a lot of times men, the first encounter, they'll have a teenage son. They'll buy them a prostitute. Right. Which is horrible. Awful. I remember Boozy was talking about that. You know what? Imagine introduce, you're introducing sex to your child with a prostitute i can't fathom like what value are they they're gonna put on women for the rest of their life at that point they don't look at them as commerce i know i know i want i say this every time i talk about sex work i'm not diminishing the sex worker i'm not judging the sex worker right because i understand that women have to not just women any they can be men anyone can right. be a sex worker and I understand people, it's a form of living in its oldest profession. I'm not knocking you. And I know there's so this is going to be a whole conversation. I know there are different things like decriminalize it, demystifies it, de whatever or not. And I know people feel like you're empowered because there's OnlyFans and all these things now when you feel like you're an entrepreneur and taking control. But there's still an element of exploitation when you are putting a dollar value on sexual services and using your body for it. And you, people don't agree with that. And I know you don't agree with it. And I know it's not maybe the most PC thing to say, but I still, I honestly feel like if you could do a different job and make the same amount of money, you, you would. probably wouldn't be doing sex work. <laughs> Very few legitimate hundred percent freaks out there that just love what they do yeah and and so that's an argument and okay. even if you go on some of their pages like um because you know most of them advertise on instagram um like you said when you put commerce on it people treat you differently they, they'll talk to you like they own you in a lot of cases and you got that type of issue going on too you know, they're treating you like an object and i know that has to get you know tiresome and you know affects your spirit at some point having to hear stuff like that in the comments it's like damn i am a person not just a fat ass or breasts or whatever you're looking at. I mean, think about how people treat cashiers and people at work or servers in restaurants. So yeah. many people treat people in the service profession like shit. Right. And they're not even paying them. How about that? So imagine where someone's paying you for a sexual service. That entitlement you see, the Karens and all that stuff and the Chads you see at Walmart and at Applebee's. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, look, I know it's, I know it's not the PC, and I'm not Gen Z, y'all, so I'm going to keep it straight up. I'm not Gen Z, so some of the shit, y'all might think that Gwen is an antiquated millennial, but I'm just saying that sex work, I don't put a stigma on it. I don't put a stigma on the sex worker because I understand you have to do what you have to do, but do I have a stigma on the Johns? Hell yeah, and I say it all the time. My issues with the Johns. Right. I'm sorry. My issues with the Johns because I, I still think there's a power dynamic there. And there is a, a level of exploitation there. 
And so I can't, it makes me uncomfortable. It, you know, it, it doesn't foster good behavior or mm. what we, feel, like, we, feel like you're about to say morals. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say morals. I was, I was thinking when we think about the dynamics between people in relationships, like it, it goes beyond the sex work, right? Like he's not just doing sex work and treating you like that. And then just being normal everywhere else. Like that dynamic and that psyche of how he values women or how they value people and how they interact people with in a sexual manner, that manifests itself in different ways outside of it, right? It impacts mm, everyday okay. life. So that's why it's I interesting don't you say that because there's never really been any studies on that. I've heard about studies where they talk about, you know, too much porn messes with your mind and all that stuff. Well, what about constant paying for sex work and what does that do to your mind? Because that is pornography in a sense. Even if you're just, let's say, paying for an OnlyFans and you're not actually physically sleeping with them, you're still getting pornographic images and material that you're viewing. So like I said, what does that do to your psyche over time? Listen, I only know of one situation, and I talked about it on the podcast before, but actually I'm going to add something new now. Okay. okay. So I've talked about it with Slim because Slim knew who this was. I dated a guy who <laughs> comes to find out – actually, not just Slim, another – Guest, another guest on the show we talked about it probably more in depth with um joy i'll have to look back at the episode number it was the early episode and we talked about i dated a guy a while ago who through a series of events i found out frequented sex workers he liked to oh. go to dr on sex tourism like i'm thinking we met like he loves to travel i love to travel we ain't traveling mm. for the same reasons, baby. Yeah. We ain't traveling for the same reasons. He yeah, you likes can get to get it cheap out there, too. Mm. Yeah, he likes to travel and tag it up and pay for sex. That is so dangerous. I couldn't even... I'd be too afraid to do something like that. I'm like, mm-mm. With diseases and everything? No. Nah. And, and listen, and so Gwen had to ask questions. I'm like, so how does this really work? Because I remember one time he called and someone someone called and had his phone. I'm like, where's that from the DR? And he's like, oh, my novia. I was like, which means girlfriend in Spanish. I was like, that's not your novia. That's a hoe. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's, it works different there. I was like, it doesn't work differently. That's not you different. You pay for it. Yeah, same Yeah, thing. it's not different. You're paying. What are you talking about? Just because she's with you for a week, you still pay for it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Just episode nine, early, early episodes, you guys. Been around the world. This is where you probably get all the details because Joy knows at the time she was getting engaged. And I remember I asked her for advice and her now husband, like, yo, he's saying that he this is normal. I was like, am I bugging? Or like, no. And I knew, but you know, sometimes he's confirmation and he's like, no, everyone does not do that. And uh, I was like, yeah, I didn't think so. And then but and a black man too, so y'all be like, oh, it's a white boy. No, it wasn't. It's a black man. No, no. And they'll do group trips. Facts. And then yeah. come to find out, his he's like, well, the reason he got into it was his best friend, mm-hmm. another black man, who was really into it. And his best friend was, he's like, well, he used to justify that he was better than the best friend because he would, you know, primarily he would primarily do on travel. He tried once to buy buy a woman at Hunts Point, but it was a terrible experience. For y'all who don't know, Hunts Point is a part of the Bronx that was known for, like... Oh, you're really playing with your life. Yeah, and he's like, it was, you know, really bad. And I was like, what? And then, but he's like, oh, his boy would get women on Craigslist all the time, blah, blah, blah. So his boy, his best friend, was dating a woman at the time who I'd known. And he had met her, and it was a sloppy situation because she was married. And she basically left her husband for this guy. But as she was leaving her husband for this guy, like after she had left her husband for this guy, she found, I don't know how, I can't recall now because it's a while ago. She found out that he was frequenting prostitutes a lot. Mm-hmm. And so then now she put her marriage on the line for this dude. And she, I think she like lost a lot of weight. She got sick. Like she was just so sick about it. Yeah. But then she stayed with him. She, um, when me and this guy broke up, she was still dating him. And I was like, okay, look. Um, okay, first of all, this is not normal. You're trying to tell me it's not, it's normal. It's not. And I can't, and I remember like, you know, he was really keen to get married. And at the, my best friend at the time was like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a good one. And I was like, girl, what, again, this, this relates to so many things I talk about on this podcast. Listen, don't listen to people, people you think who are your friends and have your good interests in mind. They don't. Cause I'm like, how are you telling me? 
to stay with this guy because he wants to get married. I was like, did you not hear me say that he's buying women? That is not cool to me. And I don't want to marry someone who has us. Yeah, he wants to get married and have babies. And yeah, you know, this is where how women are valued. But like, I don't value myself like that. And I'm not a person who whose identity is tied into being in a relationship or being with a man. Like, that's not. Like, I'm super cool being solo dolo. And I can stand on my own super hard. And it's not about I don't need a man. It's just like, like that's just not how my identity is built. Like, the things that I value and things that make me who I am is not that. And so... I was like, you're trying to tell me I should stay with I was like, I don't think this is bad. I was like, this is bad. I think this is bad. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable morally. I actually don't agree with this. I can't I feel like you don't know how to treat women or understand women. And so sorry, coming back to the point, the reason why I brought up all the story and telling all this tea is that I told him at the time, I said, and Gwen's a savage, I'm just going to let y'all know up front. So I told him, I said, do you think this is okay? I said, if you are in the habit of paying women to sleep with you, what effect do you think that has on your sex game? Mm. Because she's not telling you if it's good or not. She's getting paid. So you might think that you're killing it. But how would you ever know if you're killing it? Because you're in a compromised place. Because you are not building the sensitivities, the understanding of being able to communicate with the woman, to read her body, to understand whether or not you're actually satisfying a woman. After a while, you wouldn't care. Just a transaction. True. So I said, that does you a disservice. I said, paying for all that ass, look, she could say anything you're doing the best of the look you she getting the, she's getting her coin she's getting her back and so i said ultimately this hey now y'all might feel like oh gwen you're so mean to his ego blah blah but i'm keeping it real so listen he did have a big dick i'm gonna give him that but was he good at using it he was average at best and that's facts and i was like hey sorry sorry <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, this is great. It's just the way that you said it. It's like, yeah, it's... And I'm like, I can know, hear the disappointment. I'm like, you, hello, like you're okay, but this isn't, this ain't on the right home about. So you, you're spending too much time buying hoes and in these weird situations where you need to spend more time learning about women, developing relationships, understanding these things for you to be a better lover. Facts. Yeah. So, quiet. and what was his response? Oh, remember. I'm sure he felt dragged. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he felt dragged. And I actually, there's an episode, it'll probably come out by the time this one comes out, unless I delete that part, I don't know, where I talk about, <laughs> I talk about, like, me having an energy that is challenging for men, and I recognize that, because a lot of women are socialized to kind of gloss over things or lie. A lot of times women will be like, you know, a lot of times men are in these situations where you don't know how a woman really feels because they say one thing, but they mean another thing. And yeah. they're always, and I was like, no man ever said that about me because I'm such a straight shooter that and it's, that was good. Very it's rare. challenging for men. Challenging because I remember, actually, it's crazy. When I lived in Atlanta, the guy I was dating at the time, maybe you met him, I think. And I remember he was, I think we visited his mom and she was saying stuff. I was like, well, he's like, well, she really meant this. And I realized he was right. And I was like, I have told you so many times. What have I told you is what I meant. He's like, I'm not used to that. I said, well, I'm sorry. I don't know how to operate any other way. So you're trying to read between lines that are not there. I told you this. I told you that. That's what I meant. And that's what I said. I've always been like that. Like, I don't know. And men don't know how to handle that because Women do play these, you know, and it's not that they play it. You're socialized. Socialized. You get what you want. You have to say that. I was like, nah. And, and I've had guys saying, Tyrone, who's been on this podcast, he's like, he said it to me. He's like, you're mad thorough. I'm like, I'm so legit. Like, I don't mince words. I don't tell you something and mean something else. And that's it. So if you start doing some other shit, I'm like, why are you doing that? I told you this. Well, you, well I know you did, but I didn't mean anything else besides what I said. Exactly. Right? I didn't mean anything else besides what I said because I'm a straight shooter. And I'm a straight shoot you straight. Your sex game is bomb. Your sex game is, mm, need some work. I'm going to just keep it real. I'm going to keep it straight. And it depends on what the situation is, right? I'm not going to say it because I'm going to be hurtful. But if we're having conversations about, hey, how have you operated? You know, you are now a 35-year-old man. You've barely been in any relationships. You've been swinging. You've been doing all this odd stuff. I was like, don't you think these behaviors have had an impact on how you show up sexually? Right. That's a real-ass conversation. People can't have it. Like, you know, girls, you guys are faking when you're coming. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Only hurting yourself. 
<laughs> don't do that. You're making somebody thinking they killed the game. Nope, sir. You know, it needs to be that Mario mu- music from Super Mario Brothers. You know, <laughs> you know, try again. You know, when the life ends, you know. And that's the thing. All you're going to do is build resentment because eventually you're going to get pissed off if you're not getting what you want. No, people, women, women stay in unhappy things all the time because of society telling you that you need to be in a relationship. Like, they'd rather they stay in unhappy, shitty relationships all the time. So, bad marriage for life, like Will and Jada said. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I do think there is an impact of like, it, it goes beyond sex work. Like, if you think that these men are just compartmentalizing perfectly and they just, whatever. And that's the thing. Way. When you're talking about the commerce thing, the women getting the money, they're probably not even concerned about that. The long term ramifications of all these men going out in the world and the relationships and women they deal with. They're like, well, it's not my problem. I got my money. Right, and they shouldn't, and they shouldn't, because they're absolutely right, it's not their problem. It's not their problem. But, you know, there are ramifications, like, when you are doing that. Okay, friends, so I had to cut this episode short, because I went down a rabbit hole with Ismael, and I want to protect the innocent. So I will keep that footage on the cutter room floor until another time. (laughs) All right, well, thank you again, and have a good night. Until next time, peace.